Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is our final episode of what has been a fascinating conversation around the dangerous impact of using foreign microbes in coffee production. Um, And I encourage you to check the show notes for this series because there is a lot of supplementary kind of reading that Andreas Felipe has sent me. Um, And there are RICO talks and scientific papers and a whole bunch of stuff that you can look at that will give you further learning in this subject. So I I encourage you to do that. um, And I encourage you to get in contact with Andres Felipe. If you want, his information will be in the show notes. Um, And if you get a a chance to go to one of the talks, go to one of the talks wherever they're happening around the world. And he kind of goes everywhere, don't you? I mean, just from the time that I met him to today, which is like the space of two weeks, he's been in like six different countries. So <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so in our last um, in our last episode of our series, Andres Felipe, we are talking about regulation around uh, these microbes and regulation in coffee production, and I guess in wherever we end up wherever this conversation takes us. So we're talking about local and international regulation. What does that regulation look like now and where do we want it to get to? Okay, just, just, to, just to say something, for example, I, I, I was telling you a little bit about um, some people telling me, oh, what are the proofs and so on and so mm-hmm. forth about the IBM talk with... Uh, the national authorities in Colombia and Costa Rica, because that's where I uh, I, I grow coffee, mm-hmm. and I have the right of my farms to be free of those microbes, as right. is the right of any farmer. Mm-hmm. So, we as farmers are sitting in our treasure, which are our microbes that will make us to produce coffees that are over ninety points. Okay, mm-hmm. so. I have the right to come to the authorities and tell them, hey, listen, this is happening, okay? And I've been lucky enough to be a scientist mm-hmm. that is being heard by local authorities to different things. There are, we, we can say that there are some public servants that are very happy about knowing about this and are very eager to do something, while others are more like, well, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But in terms of law enforcement at least in the case of colombia this is something that is illegal you cannot bring uh, foreign species and introduce them in the environment because of the ecological impacts that they mm-hmm. can have and it will not only impact the production of beautiful coffees in the future for the co- for the specialty coffee industry which are we are not going to be ever again able to produce if something goes really wrong, mm-hmm. uh, for example, affecting other industries. Let's say people is living out of uh, conservation programs and they have a beautiful uh, ecological trip, uh, trips and stuff like that, like, you know, mm-hmm. eco tourism 
and if the forests start to change and then we see all this diversity lost and so on, then, then it could affect that industry. Also, we have international conventions in the protection of biodiversity. We know biodiversity is the biggest treasure of humanity right now, mm-hmm. and we need to protect. So when I talk, for example, and, and, and I mean, and, the, and we are facing loss of diversity from the very bottom of the ecosystem that can just make all the ecosystem fall as dominant pieces, right? So we, we could be dealing here with a massive scale planet-wise of losing a lot of uh, organisms, mm-hmm. okay? That's illegal. <laughs> And it's already been proved. So I've been talking with many friends of mine that they are uh, also PhD in ecology. They, they teach in famous universities in the United States, in Europe. And their frank advice is, why are you putting money in doing this research when this has been already been proved beyond any doubt? And it's been proved so much that there is not only local regulations that prohibit this, and is punishable by the law with jail, going to jail, mm-hmm. okay? But also international agreements in protection of biodiversity. You should not be spending your, your money in trying to prove these people that as are asking you for proofs because they haven't read the law when the law is there. If there is the law, it's because there is never already enough proof. So in the case of Colombia, for example, people that is, in practice, is doing and introducing and using these microbes, they are violating the rights of other communities to a healthy environment. That's one of the first things. They are violating several articles in the constitution of our country and they could go to jail. They are punishable. This is a, 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 a how to say, an infraction that is punishable with, with jail. Mm-hmm. So they could so that's another thing when we were talking the last one uh, about um, rosters and so on bringing this to our countries they could end up putting the same farmers they want to help in jail because they are the ones that become the violators of the local law right okay mm-hmm. and let's say nobody goes to jail let's say we are friends and we pass it at the end me as a farmer using that I'm no matter what making a bad to my neighbor because those microbes are not going to stay in my land. They Mm -hmm. are going to go to my neighbor's land and it's going to affect his capacity to produce coffee to sustain his family. And if he ends up only producing commercial coffees, then he's never going to get out of poverty. So I'm uh, taking him the opportunities or her the opportunity to overcome poverty too. And there is a hoax, and I'm sorry to talk about this because it's something that we didn't talk. Um, When we talk, for example, in our research, we did a very careful research using commercial yeast. Mm -hmm. And we did different things. So we we saw how uh, wild fermentation, which is the one that we usually do with all the microbes, one using a commercial yeast, one using uh, koji, one using the introduction of other exotic microbes and mm-hmm. one using isolated microbes. Mm-hmm. What we saw in particularly in the commercial yeast is that it was the experiment that has more variability between all the 
uh, research units. Okay. And then introducing this to the market as the solution to inconsistency in coffee cup. But when we did the research very carefully, it was extremely inconsistent in cup. So if it shows inconsistent in units of 10 kilos that are made properly in a coffee lab and mm -hmm. all of them try taste differently, don't tell me that this is going to give me consistency for five tons of coffee or 10 tons of coffee that I'm going to process in different days. It's not gonna happen. So commercialists are actually the sale point number one in our research proved to be wrong. It doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. It can cause like huge, crazy ecological things, you know? Yeah. As a matter of, for example, in the same experiment, it was also the one that scored the lowest. It only scored 84 points, when if you do a careful fermentation that is wild with your microbes, it will keep you 86 points very easily. You just have to be careful and control some things. And, and I think we are getting a lot of farmers into that point now that we are teaching them processing. So it's just a question of doing it. That what, but there is like this marketing rush to get something different always that is making people crazy and is this kind of new gold fever which everybody goes behind, you know? So it's, but the implications are worse. So yeah, in terms of in, in, in legal things, I think there is enough evidence for people to start to be sued uh, and local authorities to enforce law and start to act in this open violation to regulations for a healthy environment. Andres Felipe, I can't thank you enough for first of all coming on the podcast and talking about this so openly I know that there are people who don't like that you talk about this and uh, you don't do this at, at no risk because people lose money when you get in the way of uh, them having the freedom to do whatever they want at the cost of other people and when you get in the way of people's earnings uh, even when it's for a good reason, that makes them angry and it especially makes big business angry. And so I know that there's a cost to you to have these conversations and yet you insist on having these conversations nonetheless. And so I tip my hat to you, sir, uh, and I'm grateful that you came on this podcast to talk about this. And um, for any anyone else that is thinking of having a conversation with Andres Felipe don't hesitate because we need to get the word out about this. We need to stop these fad-driven um, reasons for doing these kinds of processing methods. We need to have that stopped until we understand the impact that it has on uh, coffee producers' long-term viability and sustainability. So um, thank you, sir. And uh, mm -hmm. let people know where's the best place for them to find you online. Well, you can find us. My company is called Colors of Nature. We have presence in Colombia, Costa Rica, United States, and Japan. And um, just to clarify, I know there is a lot of people telling me to not talk and not speak about this, um, which is kind of strange to me, um, especially because I'm from Colombia and I know what happened when you talk about things that other people don't want. But but I don't think I'm getting into any, any anybody's business. What I'm, no. I think this is like a call that those that have the means 
to do um, serious research in biotechnology uh, should help our industry actually to develop in the good way. And that mm -hmm. is to find out the in beautiful frontiers of local microbes introducing amazing coffees and not to destroy them, not get the chance of those microbes to shine and to actually provide for the farmers that are growing coffee under so beautiful circumstances, okay? Like in those beautiful tropical lands that are just full of uh, beautiful microbes. So I think that's what we need to do. I think this is a call for everybody today. Let's let's calm down a little bit. Uh, we, our our, I mean, let's not ask farmers to go faster. Remember, they don't have money to do uh, research in microorganisms. There is people like me and other people that is trying to research on it. You know, mm -hmm. why is the frenzy of having it right now causing like a ecological disaster? There is no need for that. Mm -hmm. I think we on the way of, uh, you know, exploring those unseen frontiers of beautiful coffees, not only for the coffee drink itself, but also for, um, you know, coffee cascara, coffee drinks, new many things that we can do now that we are getting into looking to the microbiology uh, of food of coffee um, that is going to bring a, a lot of beautiness in the future and a lot of money for everybody. So... It's oh, more like to be patient, and, and and I know if we cooperate in the right way, we will be able to open amazing doors for everybody. And the the irony of this happening from a big part of the industry that also blow the trumpet of being anti-colonialistic. It's mm -hmm. it's ironic that <laughs> the people who were saying. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that the, the argument is destroying itself. I mean, you cannot... <laughs> right. Because it's colonialistic to do this. Like, yeah, like, like, what do you mean I want to be anti-colonialist, but I'm asking people to do what I said with things that don't belong to them and transform and actually right. probably kill their environment and things like that. Uh, let's remember that you don't need to know the law to infringe the law. Yeah. Okay. And in this case, there are clear international treaties and agreements of protection of uh, biodiversity that at some point, and we are now exploring this with some lawyers, it could be a transnational crime that could be probably have some implications on that. So I don't know how far the, the, the lawyers are going to go with this, mm -hmm. but there are uh, a lot of amazing lawyers that really feel is the need of this generation to protect the life of our planet for the future generations. Yeah, how exciting. Not, not only from lo lo global warming, and let's not underestimate the magnitude of the coffee industry for the planet, because okay. coffee is the most widespread uh, uh, crop yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So on that note, thank you again. This has been a real honor and a real privilege to have you on this podcast. Come back again. I, I really want to continue the conversation as you develop more research. Um, would you do me the honor of signing off this episode for us, please? Yes. Yeah, so everybody, peace and love and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. Bye, Andres Felipe. Thank you very much.
Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.